Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Question for Phil and Judd here. Bigger car wreck yesterday. Uh-huh. Sergio Garcia or your Minnesota Timberwolves? Well, you know what? It's close. I'd probably say Sergio. It's tough, right? But I also stayed up till 1 o'clock in the morning just seething the over the Wolves car wreck. was more glorious. <laughs> I, enjo- I, I can't enjoyed- turn away from you. I rubbernecked the Wolves way more. <laughs> Sergio's was kind of quick. Like, it was all over in... Quick? You know, it's like two or three minutes. Like, another ball, another ball. It took two and a half hours. Sergio! Sergio! Battle two, battle one, the shot, the tip, yes, Lakers. Able to confirm, final seconds, there's two for three, and that will do it. That was playoff basketball at its best. Two teams going at it. That's a straight slugfest for four quarters. Um... I don't know what to say. It was real physical. Uh, even when you think you got a team down, another team fights back. Guys just landing on the line, and they came up to play plays late, and they showed they wanted it more. What do you say to a in a loss like this? You better do better. <laughs> Dude, I need therapy right now. Oh, you know what? All right. So I, I told you two d- days ago when I asked you the very serious question, do you want the Wolves to make the playoffs or miss? When I asked you that question two days ago, I at that time said, I want the Wolves to make the playoffs because I'm detached. But I will I, say this. I'm not detached. I have now, <laughs> after last night, as someone who has, has gone through this frustration with the local hockey team, this is absolutely glorious to watch you and the rest of the people on Wolves Twitter <laughs> as these games slip away, they ebb, they ebb and flow. As Doogie gets on and starts randomly fighting with people, this is absolutely one of the most compelling, fun times of my life when it comes to sports in this mm-hmm. town. As much as I try to remain at a safe distance emotionally <laughs> with our local sports teams, I was up until 1 o'clock in the morning last night just Firing off tweets, which is like all you can do, right? Because there's we don't go on the air till nine, and I'm just like laying in bed, just scrolling through my I, phone, waiting for more I locker saw room you, quotes. I just, saw you continuing to tweet while I flipped seething. to the wild game. I mean, well, well, let's start here because it was everything. Last night was everything we despise about this Wolves team on full display, one thing after another. It was the Jeff Teague dribbles for two hours offense after the first quarter when. Carl Anthony Towns was just brilliant, but that's the other thing. He fouls out, so that drives you crazy. You had Andrew Wiggins' face on a milk carton again last night. 
Charmin Soft Bialica, who missed a point-blank layup that could have swayed the game in the final minute and a half. Oh, yeah, he drove right to the basket. Untimely turnovers, <laughs> chaos offensively, can't get defensive stops late. I mean, it was everything... When you're sitting here trying to figure out as a Wolves fan, why am I not just accepting of the fact that they might yeah. get to the playoffs? And last night was a great reason. Just just not, make a list, baby. Not to men- mention the fact that Denver uh, shot 30.6% on threes, which was well below their season average of 37.1. And that so, wasn't because of great defense. No, no. It was because they were missing wide open but shots. But the point was they missed wide open shots. Yes. They gave you, you went on the road and they gave you a gift, which is they kept launching threes and a lot of them missed and you still couldn't win. Here, Here is the service I, I want to offer you and Wolves fans right now, though. I'm detached here. I'm enjoying this. I, I'm taking a sick pleasure in enjoying this. I know where you're coming from, but this doesn't bug me that much. What can I do for you? How can I help you? Well, because I've got experience here. I've watched Mike Yo's wild pull these. I'm not sure, I'm not same sure you've emerged better on the other side of your experience. I might with not the have. I'm trying. To, I don't know if I want to take. I'm your trying advice here. to help you through this as a man with experience, <laughs> though, of watching uh, Koivu and Parisi and Koi Suter? and Suter Spurgeon. After watching what I have for all these years, I know where you're coming from. So how can I help? Well, you know how. I, I, here's how you can help all of us. Let's open up the Wolves vent lines. I don't even know if we're going to get any calls on this. We don't usually open up phone lines this early, but if you stayed up late last night or if you woke up to a box score and you're like, what the hell? <laughs> I mean, well, first of all, at Denver is not a game that you're expected to win a lot. I mean, it's, it's a good team, but just like the whole, the whole, the whole two and a half hour experience just felt disgusting last night. 651-646-8255. 877-615-1500. Okay, just he- here's how you can help me. I just want to vent right now. I just have like, there's things yeah, that happened last ahead. night. Go right, no, go right ahead. I'm not stopping. I yes. do, and I don't, I don't, if, if you're going to ask me again, you. I don't know if I want them to beat the Lakers or not tonight. Like part of me, in a sick, twisted way, I don't think they deserve it. Like I almost feel like they deserve to get beat by the Lakers tonight. And here go the phones. 651-646-8255. These people need help too. Two things happened last night that really had no great bearing on the outcome, but just like we're symbolic of, what are you guys doing? End of the first half, clock ticking, nine, eight, seven, Jeff Teague casually dribbling across half court, four, three, Teague dribble, dribble, had no idea how much time was on the clock is literally like trying to find screens inside the three point line as the clock ticked. 2-1-0 2-1-0 into halftime. And then he just walked off the court into the locker room, sort of embarrassed, but like didn't want to admit that he didn't know how much time was left it's on the clock. It's funny you bring that that up because that's my notes from the combined Wild you, Kings game last night. Let me night. read your notes. Jeff Teague dribbled ball out to end half with Minnesota up. Yeah, why not take a shot? Because he didn't know how much time was left. I know. Because he's, I mean, he just. But I mean, that's the little. But that oh, is and the. By little, the way, he kept dribbling for the next two quarters as well. But that that is the seemingly small stuff that that if you're a fan of a team or like that team, yeah. drives you absolutely he, crazy. Here's another thing. Again, of the 15 things that drove you crazy last night, this is number 13. But it's like it sticks out. In my head, like what the what are you doing? I almost sorry. <laughs> That's as close as you've ever come. You need to take That's a break, my man. Right, right. That's as close as he's ever come. Nine thirty tonight, Phil. What are you planning on doing? Being passed out, drunk. <laughs> Tell your 
stay away. Do not watch the game. Don't watch your phone. Don't check a box score. You need a 24-hour reprieve from this team. You almost just dropped a bleeping F-bomb. We need a therapy session right now that allows people to watch. That's the point. But here's another little thing. This is where I'm at. Like These little things are driving me nuts about this team. So Tom Thibodeau burns in a in a back and forth game. They were only down by like two points at the time, or th- they might have been down by, it might have been a three point game at this time. Whatever it was, he burns his last timeout with 35 seconds to go. Okay, might not need that later to advance the ball past half court, but all right, whatever. I guess he wanted to get a handle on things. Calls timeout. So sure enough, the Wolves are down by two points, and there's like a four maybe five second difference between play clock and shot clock as the game is winding down. So the Wolves are playing. All right, well. I, we're, we're, they decided we're not going to foul. We're going to play defense in this moment. This just shows you how poorly coached they are, too, on multiple levels. So not only do you have to make a stop, which is hard for you in most scenarios, especially against a team that shoots that well and then late in the fourth quarter, if you do make the stop and there's only like four, if the, if, if Denver runs the, the clock down, the shot clock down, if you make the stop, you get the rebound with four seconds left and you don't have a timeout. What are you going to do? Like, okay, we're going to run down and take a half-court shot if we get the rebound. And that was like the 15th thing on the list, which shows how troubled I am this morning. Should we start to run some phone calls? Okay. Wolves vent line, (laughs) unprecedented in the first segment of Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast Studios. John, you're on Wolves vent line. Hey, guys. Uh, First of all, I just want to say thanks for uh, being one of the local radio stations that's been brutally honest about the Wolves. Uh, shortcomings for some time. I'm sure a lot of the other local shows are going to get on the bandwagon today and start bashing the Wolves, but you guys have been in it from the ground ground floor, which is great. Listen, we are negative from yeah, we, from day one on this show. That's right. <laughs> and we don't discriminate any team anytime. We'll rip anyone. <laughs> um, so just to pile on to the, the Thibodeau thing, another thing that was glaring last night was we're in the back-and-forth game with a few minutes left. Every possession is huge. We have one of the most efficient scores in the NBA in towns on our team. And over and over and over, we run high pick and rolls with Teague and Taj, and we don't even look in the towns. Our offense just looks just got to fall on Thibodeau. Um, every aspect of his coaching has just just been a disappointment this year. So just couldn't believe what was happening there in final minutes of last night's game. Yeah, John, thank you for the phone call. I noticed that like, too. Yeah, the Jeff Teague dribbles for two hours offense. I probably want to scrap that for tonight. Just scrap that. Maybe pass once in a while. It's like if Towns gets the ball sometimes it's just like, oh, he got the ball after we just ran a play that had nothing to do with Carl Anthony Towns. I don't get that. I don't... And, and I under I understand those like Collar who say, well, he should demand the ball more. Okay, I get that. But he's still your best player. How do you not have more plays that are going to run through him? Because he hasn't earned it yet. He's not tough enough. Not, he needs to show more physicality. He's got to want it more. <sighs> Deep breaths. 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. Wolves vent line. Jimmy, go ahead. Phil, WTF. <laughs> Man. Anyway, I think um, the way this <laughs> I, I, I agree, by the way. I agree. I know. I think the way this roster is constructed, I would like to see our president of operations fire himself and hire a new coach who can relate to the players. I mean, this team is unbelievably poorly constructed. We don't have a really a good three-point shooter. Um, 
we don't. I mean, Tyus Jones was pathetic last night. I'm sorry. He was bad. But yeah. what? But Derrick Rose was. I mean, this is a crazy, crazy constructed lineup, and Wiggins. I, I mean, he's going to be a max player. Are you kidding me? This is crazy. But um, Tibbs should fire Tibbs and bring in a nice young coach who can maybe get something more out of these players because this, this isn't working. we got to blow it up and start over. You know, Jimmy, the, I'm all in on everything Jimmy's saying here, but Jimmy, th- that would show uh, self-awareness, which Tom Thibodeau, I, I don't know if he has a lot of self-awareness. That's uh, the only flaw in the I logic. I think you're probably correct. I would get Corzo on your program because he's probably one guy that really does um, – uh, articulate clearly what this team needs. And that's really to be blown up and start over. <laughs> Jimmy, thank you. Which by the way, they might been, also which clinch been a, since game two of the Tib Zero. By the way, the funny thing about this whole conversation is they might clinch a playoff spot in the next forty-eight hours. But that's what makes this so intriguing. <laughs> that's what makes this so so much fun to watch play out. Uh, let's go to uh, Chancy. You're on Wolves Vent Line with Mackie and Judd. Hey guys, thank you very much. I said I would take the bait and make the phone call. So. <laughs> This awesome. is the ugliest offense I think I have ever seen in my life, and I will run through it. It's unreal. You got Teague pounding away. He drives to the paint, but he, he looks like he's going to make a Ricky Rubio play, only he's not as good as Ricky Rubio. He can't find anybody open. He throws a wild pass up in the air instead of taking a layup, a jump shot. You got Tyus Jones. He can't make a wide open three pointer. He's an NBA player. You got Andrew Wiggins. Show some pride. Drive to the hoop for once and just dunk it. Throw it down. He plays so soft. I can't even believe it. Then you got a whole roster constructed of guys that look like they couldn't jump over a piece of paper if you laid it flat on the floor. Where is the explosiveness? I, it's a sickening team. I'll tell you, they'll miss the playoffs. Carl Anthony Towns will not sign an extension. He'll be out of here. They're going to keep this run going. And uh, I would say get ready for about 10 more years of play, playoff less basketball in Minnesota because this offense is pathetic. They can't score. They can't get an open shot. They, the other team, Denver's got wide open threes all over the court, and we're taking contested fadeaway Jamal Crawford jump shots with one second left on the clock. That's yeah, it. The offense is brutal. I'm out. Chancy dropping the mic. You know what? <laughs> to his point, for all, for all the Wiggins apologists, that and there's still a sea of Wiggins apologists, that was the biggest Timberwolves game considering – how close they are to clinching a playoff spot, but also how tenuous their position is, right? They, 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 have, to, they have to go take a playoff spot here. They're going to have to win a couple games to take a playoff spot. That's the biggest game in 14 years, and he didn't get off the team bus. The half-court logo at Target Center shows more passion for basketball than Andrew Wiggins. Like It was like watching Weekend at Bernie's for him last night. Show some pulse. Show that you care. Show he's some not, passion. He's not going to. He's just this getting is, blown off the block for rebounds. He's getting, oh, my elbow, while, while four Denver players grab a rebound and change the game in the last 45 seconds. You like, ha, you've, dude. You've now played back-to-back crucial games, some of the most important games that you've played in the past 13 years, and you have essentially either not shown up at all or you've shown up at times, and then you're just like, well, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I I don't know about this. But the caller's right. Chancey's right. You watch the offense. 
it is like getting teeth pulled. I've got some. Let's come back. We've, we're going to get to Jeff. We're going to get to Ed. We're going to get to Dan yeah. and Steve. We'll talk some twins here, too, That's coming full up. Phone lines on the Wolves. I do. I love this. We will talk to Johnny K in about an hour and a half, two hours. He was in Denver last night. But we're, we're going to keep rolling with Wolves. Can I give you a line. gripe, too? I've, I've got a Wolves gripe, too, that, that goes beyond any one player. And... It's uh, something set by Tibbs that drives me absolutely up the wall. Uh, and we're full right now, but as soon as uh, people deliver their Wolves gripes, 651-646-8255, Or if you want to be the voice of reason, hell, whatever, just call. Mackie and Judd are back. Man, that sounds good. On 1500 ESPN. Loose ball and the rebounding. And then, you know, the the free throws that they got. was a difference in the game. I thought... Uh, the end of the quarter, end of the third, uh, Harris really hurt us. You know that was a, that was a big part of this game. Yeah. All right, we're we're in the middle of a ferocious session of Wolves Ventline right now. We're going to get to Jeff, Ed, Dan, Steve, and Wade here in just a second. And as soon as lines open up, six five one six four six eight two five five, and I will continue to take your therapy because. I haven't slept. Because God knows you need it right now. I'm way more invested than I thought I was. So here's my here's my complaint, and this goes back a few months, but it happened again last night, and it just drives me crazy. Can we cut out the incessant wolves whining? What, what Cat, when when Cat like fouled wolves players, out, you're saying yes, but but it starts with tips. But when Cat fouled out, you would have thought that was the worst call in the history of the NBA, Jamal. Murray did a good job of drawing that foul, okay? And, and it might have been borderline, but it was I, it was ticky tack, and then there was a I think but, there was a travel that was very ticky tack, okay, like but, two possessions but if earlier. I have, but if I have to see Cat with that look on his face running to the official a thousand more, I, just stop it, all right? The call went against you, unless it's completely egregious. And and by the way, pick your spots, Carl. Pick your spots because you whine so much at this point that, that I think refs pretty much tune you out. If you are, if you legitimately think that you have a case, make it few and far between that you then go plead that case. But it's not just Carl. It starts with Tibbs. Tibbs is on it, the constant bellowing is bad enough, yeah. but he is. If you go to a home game, he is constantly barking yeah. about every call. Just stop it. You you don't even have the credibility as a franchise yet to do that. So don't do it. I hate to go Professor Phil here, but I think whether it's in sports or or anything. Great leaders look towards solutions, and bad leaders look and point at problems. And the Wolves are full of, whether it's Tom Thibodeau, and and, and Towns is kind of taking this cue from Coach. There's not a lot of solution-based stuff here. All right, how do you fix it? How do you fix it? And Tom Thibodeau constantly, after every game, is pointing at the problem, pointing at the problem. You know, we're not tough enough. We're not this. We're not that. We're not this. We're not that. Well, what can you do to change some of these things? Why is Jeff Teague dribbling for two hours? It's ridiculous. Why is Carl Anthony Towns not always getting more shots than everybody else on the team? Look for solutions. Well, right. hey, but you, it's a bunch of finger pointing. But you're not going to get calls if you moan and complain as much as they do. 651-646-8255. We'll get to some twins later on, but it's Wolves Vent Line here. Jeff, you're on the Mackie and Judd Show. Yeah, thanks, guys. I'm just going to continue on the Teague. Uh, the Teague thing really got me. I don't know how many times I yelled out. Get Teague out of there. Uh, was, I'm glad you played that clip with uh, Tibbs saying, you know, Harris hurt us on the stretch. Um, what what killed me even more than him dribbling around at half speed the whole game on offense 
was his lack of defense. And I know we're not a, a good defensive team by any means, but if you go back and look at the film, how many wide-open shots whoever Teague was defending, they hit or easy layups that they made on Teague. Um, it was quite a few. So he, I don't know if he wasn't ready to come back from his injury. He looked at half speed last night. And then the two boneheaded decisions, one before half, the one at end just just killed us. And then my other point is, as a coach, you need to see how the game is progressing and seeing that your point guard is maybe going a little slow, not quite there uh, with the decision-making. You need to take him out at halftime and put put a guy like Tyus Jones, who at least is creating points in transition for the team, and then also running some type of offense where you don't wait with three seconds left on the shot clock, and then you don't have a good quality shot. So that was yeah, Jeff. Thanks for the phone call, man. Let's just roll through some of these. We've already we've delivered our thoughts for twenty minutes. We'll just roll through some of your thoughts. Hi, Ed. Okay, I got a couple questions. Then I got one uh, fact about the Twins I want to mention. But you know, it seems like for the whole year. Every you people and, and people have been questioning the wolves, even during their winning thing. You know, Wiggins every day wasn't doing this or that. Do we really want to see a wolves team in the playoffs get humiliated? Maybe what they should do is look back at what the Twins did a year ago, where they lost. I, I don't keep track of how many, a hundred and some games. Yeah, and they just cleared house. They decided, look, let's start with people in the present age, not like Thibodeau. Let's try these thirty-year-old people who've got some knowledge, and let's resurrect the team. And maybe half those players don't even belong in the uh, NBA. Second comment, real quick. I believe back the Twins' first opener, I think, was in 1962, because I was a senior in high school. I was an Andy Frayne usher at that opening game where it snowed, and they literally had helicopters on the bases blowing off the snow. I go back that far. That's old school, Ed. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it was really neat. But anyway, uh, my, my biggest comment is, why don't they just clean house? Maybe even the owner. Maybe somebody should replace the owner. Well, that, owner. that's, that's, the, tough that, to do, that's the problem because, yeah, Ed, thanks for the phone call. Here's the thing. Tom Thibodeau has like $25 million left on his deal. because he made, It's like $8 million, so $24 million after this season left on his deal. If... You're to the point as a Wolves fan where you're just sick of it. it. And if they miss the playoffs, this team should, even without Jimmy Butler for a quarter of the season, should be a playoff team every time. There's enough talent here. It should be a playoff team. It's an epic, colossal coaching failure if they don't make the playoffs. And number fire has them at 85% even after last night's uh, loss. It's in the 60s now. Is, is it, Oh, you're just saying. Oh, no, it's in the 60s now, okay. I'm saying. Sure. Um but, like, obviously, Glenn Taylor is the common denominator for the last 23 years of Timberwolves history, and no one's firing him. He owns the basketball team. Dan, you're on Wolves' vent line. Dang it, guys. I hate following Ed. That guy's a Mackie and Judd legend. Yeah, it's you hard. Really you know, Dan, you're uh, you're an aspiring Mackie and Judd legend, though. A little Thank game you. show Thank Friday you. yesterday or whatever that yeah. day was yesterday, don't, Thursday. Don't remind me. I, I choked like a dog. But um, Don't screw it up, Dan. Go. Yeah, yeah, I won't. So, uh, hey, I, I just wanted to say uh, amidst, amidst uh, Judd's take. And, Judd, by the way, you were a senior in 1962 with Ed, too, weren't you? So, I was a junior. Just, okay, cool. Yeah, a little bit younger. Yeah. Kidding, so. yeah. That was low-hanging fruit. But, um, no, hey, I, I just wanted it. to say uh, I, love, I love the Mackey reference to uh, Weekend of Bernie's. I actually think about <laughs> when I watch Towns and Wiggins, I think of the movie Rudy, when Rudy goes into the coach's office to ask to dress for a game. And he says something to the effect of, I've accepted that I'm never going to be 
you know, God's made some people Notre Dame football players and I'll never be that guy. And the coach says, I wish that God would put your heart in some of my players. And I'm like, man, that's Towns and Wiggins to a T. I can't keep watching. I know Towns belly aches and this and that, but, you know, you watch Wiggins just getting hammered on drives to the hoop. And he looks at the ref and he's kind of like smiling like, oh, well, well, whatever, you know, so. Yeah, I hundred forty million dollars. It, it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's why. Like Dan and, and Judd too. Dan, thank you for the call. I'm willing to put up with some of the stuff with Towns, where he belly aches and he shows some immaturity here and there. And he's 21, and, and there's there's going to be some things like that. And 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 Andrew Wiggins as well. He's going to be much more mature in four or five years. But Carl Anthony Towns for for the 40 minutes he's going to be on the court is all in almost every night, and you can see his heart pumping out of his jersey. There's passion. He cares when they lose. He celebrates when they win, right? And we got an email here from Matt, and, and it's you know it's a, it's a worthy question, but there's an easy answer to it. I have a serious question for you, Phil. You rip into Wiggins for not showing passion. He looks like it's weakened at Bernie's, et cetera, et cetera. But when Joe Maurer is ripped by the local media uh, for not showing passion, well, then you your response is, that's, that's not Joe. Showing fire is not important. Okay, Matt, Joe Maurer is one of the best-hitting catchers for 10 years in baseball history. Just like Tim Duncan showed very little passion on the basketball court, but is the best power forward in basketball history. If you're producing, awesome. But if you're not producing and you're not showing passion, that's a double whammy. Yes. And and when it comes to Towns, we're talking about about things that he could tweak to to make an, an already potentially Hall of Fame career better. Wiggins right now, is largely a lost cause, and that's the scary thing. There's no you tell me how much confidence you have that he is go that that the um, switch is going to go on, that he is going to get it. With Towns, we we are talking about how can he improve things, that, but he is already on track with the way that he plays and his talent and how and how he does on the court to be a Hall of Fame player. With Wiggins, I'm talking about even starting to scratch the surface of the potential, and he's going backwards. And and he's talking about, uh, Dan is on, on the court, sort of that half smirk he gives. And I don't know if it's a nervous habit or what, but it drives people crazy because it, it really makes it look like he doesn't give a damn. No, and I don't think he, I mean, obviously, I mean, there's little cues you can pick up here and there, too. He's been in the league for four years. Has he ever stepped foot in the weight room, for instance? How, how do you still look that wiry after four years in the NBA? How are you unable to dribble at a high level if you're going to handle the ball that often? Things like that, right? Uh, Steve, you're on Wolves' vent line. Wolves are going to win it all. <laughs> in what year? Uh, yeah, good point. On what video game that you customize the rosters? I will be dead when they do. Another good point. All right. That's all you got, Steve? No. Uh, Wiggins has been in the weight room. He has an excellent off-season training regimen. You can Google it. He's got a famous trainer he works with, so that's not the issue. Uh, genetics is not the issue. He's got clear talent. His parents are world-class athletes. Mom, world-class sprinter, uh, which also involves work ethic to achieve that stuff. They're, he's close with his parents. His dad has been on record saying increase rebounds, increase intangibles. He's better at that. Uh, he's still only 23. No, no, not apologizing. But uh, to make conclusions 
dramatic conclusions, extreme conclusions this early after a game. Yeah, yeah, there's multiple games. Yeah, but you got them locked in. What are you going to do? Trade them for Kawhi? Maybe. Well, that would be uh, awesome, but the, yeah. but the Spurs would hang up on you the minute you, could, you yes. the, the, as you start your sentence, they would hang up on you. Well, plus whomever, uh, Patton and a first round pick, you know. But uh, yeah, you know, twenty four hours from now, we could be saying complete opposite conversations. Well, I think twenty four hours from now, you could be talking about a Wolves playoff team because if they their magic yeah, number right. is essentially two, like if they win. If they win two more games, it's really, really hard for them to miss the playoffs. But let's backtrack on, on what Steve just said. When it comes to Andrew, here, here is where I don't think we are jumping the gun at all. We have seen players like this before. This is a pattern. This isn't this isn't one or two bad games. This isn't a month slump. It's three hundred twenty four well, career but, games. But and we've all, but we've also seen top draft picks in other sports as well do this. And eventually, if you watch sports l- long enough, you begin to pick up on on guys who are just simply busts, which I don't think he is. He's not a bust. He's no. not a bust. But there are guys who are drafted way too high, and they just stink, and it's too bad. You also have guys who are drafted high, like Cat, who you say, well, well, sure, they can improve, but their potential is just so great, and they make e- immediate impacts. And then you have people like Andrew. And those people are, you see them for a, a long period of time, and the most important thing that you pick up on is their personality. Yeah. And na- and now you say, what do you do from there? And that's, that becomes the issue. Uh, we, we we should talk some twins here at some point. I feel like this Wolves thing is really strong. I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, you're such an ambulance well, chaser. Well, I'm, de- I'm detached from it to a large degree. I've gone through this before oh, with man. my hockey team. But with these guys, I watch it and I see all the signs. I see why it can be fatal, yeah. but I'm detached from it. There's, a, there's a, I got a couple other things, too, Wolves-related, that are just going to... We can keep the phone lines open, right. too. Yeah, we'll we'll say this. Wolves vent lines are open for the next half hour as well. 651-646-8255, 877-615-1500. We're in the TCL Broadcast Studios. Uh, we, we have Write That Down at 10 o'clock, Doogie with a Scoop at 1015, Johnny K from The Wreckage in Denver at 11, and Chris Singleton talking twins at 1130, Judd for Prime Mortgage Lending first. The Wolves obviously are a wreck, but I'm going to tell you what's not. In fact, I'm going to tell you, unlike the Wolves, people that you can rely on, and those are the, are the people at Prime and my friend Kent McCullough, and that is because they care about you and they do their job and they are very good about it. This isn't, folks, uh, simply about trying to sell you on something. Prime wants to earn your trust first. In fact, they would rather earn that trust than sell you alone. That's right. What does that mean? It means that while Prime would love to have you as a client, they want to meet with you first and explain their plan. They want to sit down with, with you and give you a thorough explanation of what they do. And then the decision's up to you. This is about a couple of keywords I've been talking about for about a month now. Those words are teamwork and collaboration. That's what Prime is all about. It's what they believe in. And if you're shopping for a mortgage, you can count on Prime to give you sound advice, and they are going to give you straight answers. And now you're saying to yourself, well, this all sounds great, Judd, but one big question, where do I go to find out more? And I'm going to tell you. It's GoPrimeWithKent.com. GoPrimeWithKent.com. GoPrimeWithKent, K-E-N-T.com. Do it today. Back after this. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. It is going to be fun. There's Define going to be fun. Mackey and Judd. It's not always going to be easy. It could cause plenty of angst. On 1500 ESPN. Now he's 
The Wolves vent lines are still open here. For those of us who stayed up till about 12.30 or 1 o'clock in the morning watching that game on national TV. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Jim Pete was properly critical all night all on right. FSN, though. Bravo to Jim Pete wait, for saying game, what needed to be said multiple times throughout that game. The He's ge- the best. The game went at 2 hours, 17 minutes. So it was done at 11.40. Yeah. 11.50. So you were up till 1, though. Yes. But don't make it sound like the game went till one. You were up till well, one. The game went till almost midnight, and then the post game stuff. You you sit there with <laughs> your point. Is well, no, no, Judd, you sit you there with your head in your hands and tears coming out until about twelve thirty, <laughs> and then it takes you a half hour to sort of settle down and fall asleep. And you know what, Jim Pete, you're right because I can tell you, I can tell you what when FSN North shows my hockey team and they're not playing well, guess what? I don't get sleep. Honest assessments. Oh. Or, no, or, I'm just saying good or, for good for Jim Pete. Yeah, oh yeah, right. Because that's that's something that at that network not a lot of people do. So yeah, good, and bravo. There's, and there's some moments where, and I like Dave Benz, but where like Dave Benz would try to like steer the car toward a positive. Well, look, the, the the dribbling paid off that time by Jeff Teague, and then Jim Pete. Even though it was a layup after a half hour of dribbling, Jim Pete's like, yeah, but that's not sustainable. You can't just keep doing oh. that. Move the ball around. Uh, we'll get to Jeff here in a second uh, for our next Wolves Ventline caller, 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. Here's how I know the Wolves score points based off pure talent alone and not scheme. So they actually have the fourth or fifth best offensive net rating in the NBA. So points per possession or points per 100 possessions. The Wolves are one of the top five offensive teams in the NBA, and it's solely based on talent. Because the Wolves take, according to NBA.com, the most contested shots of any team in the NBA. Closely contested. We're like, there's a hand two feet or or less from your face. They also take the second fewest wide open shots of any team in the NBA. Utah takes the most wide open shots. In fact, one out of every three shots the Jazz take is wide open. Some of that's, I mean, Rubio is a brilliant distributor and, and he deserves credit for that. And the Wolves... Took more wide open shots when Ricky Rubio was their point guard. He absolutely deserves credit for that. But the fact that the Wolves are this good offensively over 70, what is it, 79 games now, but take so many bad shots is a reflection not on scheme and brilliance of coaching, but holy cow, Jamal Crawford, Carl Anthony is, Towns, Jimmy Butler are just player really good. By player breakdown of guys that take the most contested shots on the Wolves in I that could, statistic? I could find that, yeah. I would love to know what Crawford's is. Oh, it's very high, and it's not a high percentage. It's just he, he gets the ball, and sometimes he's open and he shoots, and he's a good shooter, but sometimes he's completely blanketed, and he just jacks it up. Yes, well, all, almost all the time. And, so, and last night he was on fire for the first half doing that. Yeah. It's live and die. I think but as much as he's, his he's, a, he's a friend of the show, and he's an outstanding guy and a great leader and all these things, and when he gets hot, he can carry a team. I just feel like he's too he's too much of a duplicate. I mean, if you if you had a bunch of if you had different type players and not as many ball centric players, if you didn't have a ball centric point guard and if if Cat and Butler and Wiggins didn't need the ball all the time, I think I think Crawford would be a better fit. But it's just like he doesn't give you much defensively, and it's hard because the Wolves are just in Derrick Rose. These guys all want the ball and they're not actively moving it around. The Wolves here's another one. The Wolves are like bottom six or seven in the NBA in total passes. Now, some other teams on that same list 
Oklahoma City, Houston, and the Cavs are on that list as well. But they have James Harden and Russell Westbrook and LeBron James. Now, Jimmy Butler is one of the best two-way players in the NBA, but I wouldn't put him in terms of, like, offensive explosiveness. He's not in the Russell Westbrook, James Harden, LeBron James category. So if, if you don't have one of those players, you need to be passing the ball around and getting open looks, and they don't do that even. But they're still like the result is, hey, we're, we're fourth or fifth in the league in offensive efficiency. It ain't scheme. It's not scheme. All right, 651-646-8255. Jeff, you're on Wolves' vent line. Hey, um, yeah, Phil, I was like you up till midnight, and afterwards I was like, oh, why did I just do that? Why did I just have <laughs> uh, that emotional energy? That was a, that was truly a waste. Um, uh, just the quick points that I uh, – first, I just think it's so ironic that we finally have a Timberwolves team that wins, and it, it, it's impossible to watch. It's, <laughs> it's so very yeah, Wolves-like. It's, it's amazing. It's impossible to watch. It's so frustrating. Um uh, second, um, I we were talking earlier about trading Wiggins. I actually have seen several national people say that a realistic trade offer. The, I think what I saw was like Wiggins, Tyus Jones, and the first round pick that we have from the Thunder for Kawhi Leonard and Patty Mills. Which, if I'm the Wolves, I'm running to the, turn in that paperwork. Yeah, but that's think, that's from uh, BleacherReport.com. Yeah, I, I saw that too. Night. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I think this might be a case where your the, your own incompetence saves you because I do think the national read on Wiggins is well, the Wolves are kind of misusing him, and it's it's more the incompetent Wolves rather than the fact that Wiggins, truth be told, is I think trending towards bust territory personally. And this final boy, I was so excited when they hired Tom Thibodeau. Yeah, well, <laughs> we, we were too. Yeah, I, 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 I was. I would say not since North Turner, which isn't that long ago, I guess. But have I just been so disappointed in a hire? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Two two years ago, the tone was so different. It was all right. Get mm-hmm. Sam Mitchell. Well, thanks for the help. Tom Thibodeau is a guy with a real track the one, record. The one thing that I I thanks, violated my own rule on badly here in retrospect was in my excitement i've always been a guy who said you never give a guy complete control i've always said that going back to the childress thing because it failed miserably to give him he he didn't get the gm title but but he was the de facto gm and where i'm disappointed in myself is i really should have said this might not be a good idea to hire him as one i still would have liked but to give one person this much control, because when things start to go wrong, guess what? There's nobody else to try to fix it. Scott Layton can't fix this. Yeah. He doesn't have the power to fix it. He doesn't have, there's nobody to, uh, to go back to our discussion from earlier in the week. There's nobody at Target Center now beyond Glenn Taylor, who's not qualified to do this, to call Tibbs in and say, Tom, we have to talk. Now, Taylor might do that eventually, but guess what? I don't have the faith that that conversation ends up in a good place. So the one disappointment I have is I've always said, don't give people complete control. And when they did, I said, oh, that's fine. It'll work. Well, that was dumb. Yeah. 651-646-8255. Kurt Hay, you're on Wolves Ventline. Hey, guys. What's up? Um, yeah, I want to pile on Tibbs, too. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, I look at coaches like Quinn Snyder. Who's uh, you know fairly young and who looks like he just got done with like a forty-eight hour bender in Las Vegas every time he's on the sideline. Yeah, he does, you know. And I'm a KU guy, so I remember him from uh, Missouri. You know, when he was partying all the time, which he probably still does. But he looks like he parties. 
I look at him and the coach uh, from Boston. I can't remember his name. Brad Stevens. Yeah. Young guys deal with young players, I think, better than Carl, 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 Carl. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. And I think that, uh, you know, I hate to say it because I love the Tibbs hiring originally, like everybody else. But I think the time has come to look for a new direction. Yeah, it's, um, man, thank you for the call, Kurt Day. What a weird intersection here. There's, a, I mean, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's like a 75-plus percent chance that they do make the playoffs, and he would be the coach that brought them to the playoffs for the first time in a decade and a half since Flip Saunders. You know, some of the wild playoff runs um, uh, after they signed Suter and Parisi were definitely had a tinge of or outright had some angst to them, Phil, but... I don't recall in my time following sports in this town anything that's gone from being as bad as the Wolves were to being competitive, feeling this miserable. Now, I've, you know, because the Twins in the 2000s got to be, okay, they're in the playoffs a lot, so beat the Yankees now. And I think there was a definite frustration there. But this is, this feels miserable. This is a fan base that's mad. Mm Mm-hmm. And you haven't made the playoffs in 13 years, and you you still have a good chance to make them, and you're still mad. It's a really interesting dynamic. Let's take uh, one more event line call here. We can open up the, the Wolves vent lines later on here, too. This is just getting kind of depressing. And they can they can still beat the Lakers tonight, so I guess can't bury them quite yet. Hey, Bill, you're on the show. Yes, gentlemen. You know, in any uh, – there are many, many fields of human, human endeavor all over the world where people have to work together as a team, so to speak, toward a common goal, right? Athletics, you certainly have that in team sports. You've got it in music. You've got it in uh, you've got it in divisions within a corporation or departments within a company. You've got it in the military. You've got it with police departments. Anytime that's the case, the group that's working together toward this common goal will reflect the personality and the leadership style of its leader. Yeah. And as you've correctly pointed out, Phil, a number of times, and Lindsey Whalen even commented on this, Tibbs never looks like he's having any fun. And um, uh, what you see and what the production that you're going to get out of your team, again, is reflected by and is and is uh, is caused by success or failure. It's caused by the leader. I hope and I, frankly, I pray that the Wolfies lose the rest of their games and that Taylor somehow, praying again, has the the presence of mind to fire this guy who does nothing but stalk the sidelines. Con- you, you scream at people often enough. Pretty soon, if they can leave, they'll leave, or they'll just tune you out. Yes, you know. Yeah, and, it's and, terrible uh, leadership. Yes, exactly. And the primary job of any leader, particularly as coach, is teacher. And I am convinced that Tibbs knows the game of basketball and probably can teach the game of basketball, but he can't teach people. Correct. And therein lies the problem. He's got to go. Bill, that's a wonderful, wonderful phone call. Let's take. I lied. Let's take one more here. John's on hold. All right, John, you get the last for now. The last vent line word. Thanks so much, guys, for taking my call. I got a hypothetical question that I don't think has been posed yet when I've had you guys on. Going back to the Tibbs hire after Sam Mitchell, this seemed like, you know, the big home run hire. We got this great coach with this great tenure. If you could hypothetically go back in time capsule and review the situation with the names that were floating around, you got the ESPN guys, Jeff Van Gundy, Mark Jackson, also the local guy, Dave Yeager, and redo this. Do you, would you stick with Tibbs even with the uncertain future that maybe this turns around? Because my take is what this team needs is just a competent coach who lets the talent play out, doesn't force the system, can relate to younger guys. 
that's like Dave Yeager. That's like what we yeah. used to have with someone like Dwayne Casey. And then we're going on what Judd said. You don't give that person complete control. Look at somewhere else in the NBA, Stan Van Gundy. He's got complete control of the Pistons, so he does a trade like Blake Griffin, gives away Tobias Harris, draft picks, future uh, different things that team can use for assets for an injured player to save his own job. Yeah. Yeah, that's a – John, it's it's hard to answer that because – like Dave Yeager is a Dave Yeager is a really intriguing guy, and, and, and there was some flirtations that's when, the guy that when flip, flip was flip around. Liked him a lot, yes. But it's so hard. I mean, we sat here two years ago and thought, well, Tom Thibodeau, especially if he learned a couple things from his time in Chicago, and well, what we completely whiffed on that assessment. It's so hard to know behind the scenes. Now, Dwayne Casey, in retrospect, Dwayne Casey's become one of the best coaches in the NBA. They put together a great system in Toronto. Now they're going to get beat by LeBron in the playoffs again, but like. Toronto has become one of the best regular season teams in the NBA the last five years they've, under Dwayne Casey. They fired they him fired at, at 500. 500. But with, I mean, that's what? With Ricky Davis as the backup, you know, the, the number two scoring 13 option. years ago now. Right? It was 2007. So, yeah, 11 years ago. Okay. The one thing with Tibbs that, that history should have probably told us and we ignored was this. He's a disciple of Mussey. And go back and look at Mussey's success. Mussey's success was built... For instance, here with with an expansion team, with CBA players who you can yell at constantly, and they'll take it and thrive. But they're not very good. So, if you had looked at this and said, "Okay, if you're a disciple of Mussy, can you get the most out, out of potential star talent by doing the same thing?" The answer might have been, or sh- should have probably been, no. The problem is we were blinded by. It. Hang on. Mackie and Judd now continue. No way. You can't just stroll up and be welcomed back by everyone. Hey, welcome back. On 1500 ESPN. Join 1500 ESPN and the beer show's Chris Reavers at the 2018 Minnesota Brewers Ball. It's tomorrow evening. Starts at 6 at the International Market Square building in Minneapolis. You can enjoy samples from more than 30 breweries all while raising money. For a great cause, the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. The evening also includes some very good food, silent auction, and live music. General admission and VIP tickets available. I, the word is that they're no longer available online. Only a limited avail, amount available at the door tomorrow. Again, 6 o'clock is the start time. Get down there. Details, 1500ESPN.com. Keyword, events. <sighs> Thank you, Dave Harrigan. Hello, friends. Let's take a break from the Tom Thibodeau and Timberwolves savage desk and throw it to Dave Harrigan, who's making his way over to the 1500 ESPN Masters Update Desk. Hi, Dave. Hello, Phil. This does feel like what we all need right now. Some calming, take a step back. babbling brooks. Enjoy the azaleas. Yes. Too calm for me. I like it when people are upset, angst-ridden, on wow. edge. There was plenty of that yesterday at Augusta as well. Perhaps you remember what happened to Sergio. Oh, no. This Hard to believe be. what we're seeing now. Yeah. Ball number five. Five balls in the water on one hole, needless to say. What? He's not leading the Masters. Currently, that title belongs to Jordan Spieth. After a six-under par round, he should be teeing off and within the next hour for his second round. Yes. Matt yes. Kuchar is alone in second place at yeah. four under par. He was he is even on the day through one hole. He likes to smile. And you will find a large group of players all bunched together at three under par, which includes 
Mr. Trick Angle, Tony Fino, mm. Henrik Stenson, Patrick Reed, Charlie Hoffman, Rory McElroy, and Rafael Cabrera Bayo. So much bunching. All of the bunching. I love bunching. It's uncomfortable sometimes. Yes. If you're too punched. Yes. Thank you, Dave. We you're appreciate it. You're very welcome. Yes, that's nice. What time does Tiger to you? Uh, 12.27 Central Time, give or take. I'm not totally sure. Actually, I'm 100% sure. It's 12.27 Central Time. That means that you're going to check out of the show so at 12.26. Good luck to you and Dave as, the last two segments yeah. of our show today. Yeah, well. Kind of carrying, uh, carrying things. All right. That was an active first hour of radio. Let's see here. Scott tweets in, this will be your finest hour of radio when it's all said and done. <laughs> Just ripping on the Timberwolves. It really, like, the fact that ripping on the Timberwolves is now a thing that generates phone calls. And, like, because we've been ripping on the Timberwolves for 12 years in this town. And now people are passionate. So at least people are passionate about basketball. Say, apathy when it comes to the Wolves is now gone. That's the good thing. But you've gone right to hate. Like, you're supposed to go from apathy to intrigue yeah. to embracing the franchise. And then maybe if things start to go downhill a little bit, hate. You've skipped about three steps. Uh, we've also received at least three Andrew Wiggins trade scenarios, hypothetical, reckless speculation trade scenarios in our Twitter timelines over the last three segments, too. I love where this conversation is going. Let's come back and make some predictions. Go over our failed predictions from prior weeks. Uh, write that down in an accountability session. And Doogie with a scoop shortly after that. Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast Studios.